every big thing starts small. It's a natural law. Every big multinational corporation was once a small business. Welcome to the Small Starter Business Podcast, a unique podcast for practical tips and advice to help you start, grow, or turn around your business. Welcome to the Small Starter Business Podcast. I am your host, as usual, John Paul Iwoha. Today's episode is quite intriguing because we're going to be talking about a subject that many entrepreneurs are very interested in, and that thing is growth. Almost every single entrepreneur I know who, who runs a business wants to grow the business. We want to increase the size of the business, either because of the financial benefits of growth or the um, the motivational benefits of growth. There's always this pride that comes from starting something, you know, something that used to be small, and then you grew it into, into something big. But what a lot of entrepreneurs do not realize is that growth that is done the wrong way can actually kill a business. A growth can become, like in biological terms, a cancer that kills a business. And the reason it's important to consider this is that um, a lot of entrepreneurs focus too much time and money you know, on growth. And when, when we talk about growth, what instantly comes to the mind is, you know, you need to do more marketing, more advertising, you need to do branding so that you can attract more customers. So when you hear growth, it's always about more customers, more customers. And it makes sense. More customers means more sales. More sales, most times, it means more profit. So it's natural that when you talk about, when you talk about growth, the, the first place the mind goes to is sales, how to get more customers, how to sell more, how to make more. That's, that's where growth comes from. But, you know, the thing, growth can come with its own new challenges. And this is where the problem sets in. Growth that is wrongly done can overwhelm and even crash a business. I've seen it done many times. So you see a business that starts up, has a lot of potential. You can see the vision. You can see that the potential is strong. And then the business starts to grow. The quality of customer service is great. And then the business starts to grow. And then you start to see things start to go wrong. And you start to imagine if this growth was even a good thing in the first place. Because when this company was small, it was excellent. Always taking calls, excellent customer service, um, a personalized experience. But the moment it, starts, it started to grow, the company just became something else. So that's also something you need to consider. Growth can overwhelm and significantly change a business up to a point where the people, the customer, your customers before may not be able to recognize you. And then, you know, they may start to leave you and then the business might crash. So, the focus needs to be on sustainable growth. If your growth is not sustainable, it's like somebody who's trying to carry something that is far heavier than you. Except you have the muscle to bear that weight. You're going to crush under the weight of that thing. So the important thing to notice about growth is that you need to, there are two sides to growth. There's the front end. The front end is the marketing, sales, advertising, branding, getting more customers, getting more customers, making more sales, that's the front end. That's what everybody sees. That's what the market sees. But there is also a back end, and that is the side of your business the market will not see. That's what is happening inside your business. It is how the engines are turning inside your business to create your products, to fulfill your customer orders, to run your business properly, to make sure that it is able to serve customers. And usually, the key sources of trouble 
when a business is growing comes from the back end. It's in the side that you don't see. The customer may notice that the quality of the product has dropped or that your customer service is no longer as responsive. That's all they see. But what they don't see is the things in the back end that are causing that problem to come up, that are causing those problems to happen. And that's exactly what I want to discuss in, in this episode because it's really important. From one entrepreneur to another, it's time to take you through those things you need to consider in the back end of your business as you start to grow. Because most times the front end will not be your problem. If more customers are not coming, you know, you can, it's, it's a problem you can live with. But sometimes you have more customers coming in and the problem becomes how to serve them. And that problem leads to your business crumbling. You know, so this episode is going to run you through the critical factors you need to look at. If your business is going through growth or you're considering entering the growth phase of your business, these are the areas that you need to make sure you don't drop the ball. Because if you do, it may be your own undoing. So let's now look at the three sources of growth problems in the back end. The first source of problems in the back end is your operations. Now, the operations is the backbone of your business. For anybody who understands anatomy, the human anatomy, you, you would know that the spine, the spine is a major um, component of the support structure of the human form, of the human skeleton. The moment your spine is poorly developed or cannot, um, cannot support the rest of your body, you may not be able to stand erect, you may not be able to move, you may not be able to carry things. That's exactly what your operations is in any business. Operations is the backbone of your business. So if you have more customers than your operations can carry, you're going to end up having problems. But what exactly does operations mean? What, let me now break it down to you. There are four components of your operations you need to pay close attention to the moment your business enters the, the, the growth stage. The first is the production side. Now, production means your ability to produce the products or get the products that you're using to serve your customers. So if you're in the restaurant business, production will mean being able to produce the food in the kitchen and then serving your customers. So if you start your business and you have one chef or you have a kitchen staff of three and you are serving 100 clients a week, if you decide to grow that business to 200 clients or 300 clients a week, what it means is that you are stretching the people inside the kitchen and they may not be able to meet the higher demand. If you do that, you may notice some things will start to happen. The quality of the food will start to drop. Your guys will get overworked and they will lose their morale. They may even quit on you. So that backbone needs to be able to support what is happening on the front end. You, your production needs to sometimes expand to meet the growing demands on the front end. And it's not just your production staff like I used in this um, example, the restaurant business. There are different angles to it. There's a supply chain. How do you get your products? How do you make them? There's the capacity. So you have one equipment right now and you're able to make, make 1,000 pieces of your product, right? With one equipment. But you are doing advertising on Facebook. You started showing up and you're trying to attract more customers. So what happens when you get, when you move, when your business grows from 1,000 products to 10,000 products. What it means is that you may overwork that equipment, you may overwork that machine, it might break down, and the moment it breaks down, you end up into trouble because you have a backlog of orders you haven't met. So as you're thinking of the front-end growth, you also need to be thinking about the production side. How are you going to increase your supply, the products you're making to match the growing demand? 
And so there's a capacity side to it. There's even a manpower side to it. You may need to increase the number of people on your team. If you have three people, 700 people, if you increase the number of people you serve to 200 or 1,000, you are going to stretch your team. So that's something you need to consider. You need to grow your production side in a manner that matches the growth you're looking for on the front end. The second part of operations that may give you trouble is the process. Now, by process, I mean coordination. When you're a small business, the entrepreneur is the midfielder. The entrepreneur is the person organizing the whole game. It's very easy for you to know all the parts of your business and coordinate everything. There are not too many moving parts. So you're on top of things, you're in charge. The moment your business starts to grow and the number of orders increases or the number of customers you serve increase, you will notice that your ability to coordinate will start to drop because you're you are stretching yourself. So what it means is that you need to improve your, you need to now move the coordination of things from your head into a system. So when you're small, when your business is small, it's easy for you to run your business from your head. You know most of your customers' names, you have their information in your head, you know which money is coming in and which one is going out. When your business starts to grow, that may no longer be possible. You know, so you might need to now rely on formal business systems. And um, you have to get out of that position where you have to always be present for, for the business to work. If you do that, you are going to overwhelm yourself. You're going to stretch yourself. So growth will come at a cost. You need to build the, pro the process side to make sure that there is a clear process from production to customer delivery to after sales to keeping the customer and things like that. You need to now start thinking in terms of systems not in terms of what you can do. And for those of you who are listening to this who don't know, we have a dedicated course, introduction course on business systems. And uh, you can check it out on the website at uh, smallstarter.com. Under the courses section, you'll find something there on business systems. And it will help to open your eyes about how you need to start thinking in terms of systems and not just um, in your individual capacity. The third source of problems in, within your operations will be your quality assurance and customer service. So usually what customers start to notice when a company begins to grow the wrong way is, this company is a small company and anytime you, anytime you reach out to their customer service, they always respond very quickly. They get back to you. They are always responsive. Then all of a sudden the company starts to grow because, of the, because their customer service um, requirements has been, has been stretched. They cannot serve customers with the same level of responsiveness. You know, and then some people start to get agitated. Maybe resolving an issue before took 24 hours. These days it's taking three days or even going up to a week. Another thing too about quality. So when your business is small, you are focused on quality. You want to make sure that your customers get quality. When the business starts to grow because you are stretched, you might start to compromise your quality or maybe stop paying attention to detail. And then overall, the quality of your product or the quality of your service will drop. And your earliest customers will tell you, they will tell you, you guys are, you guys are dropping the ball. There's something wrong here. Your food doesn't taste as much as it used to. Your product doesn't work as much as it used to. What's going on? What the customers don't know is that something is going wrong in the back end. Quality is being compromised. Maybe, and there are ways this can happen. Imagine somebody who runs a bakery. The entrepreneur who owns the bakery is a master baker, so she does the baking herself. But when you're baking for 200 people a week, it's okay for you to do it by yourself, put your eyes on everything, how much, how much um, sugar, how much ingredients goes into, into everything. You can pay attention to quality because you are in charge. 
you are holding the ball and it's manageable for you. But the moment the number of customers you have starts to progress into 1,000 a week or 10,000 a week, it is impossible for you to do the quality control yourself. You will need help. You will need more ovens. You will need more bakers. And the moment you lose touch from these things, it's very likely quality will start to slip, except you systemize the business. It's only when you systemize the business that you can maintain quality no matter how much you grow. That's what I mean by sustainable growth. But if you're depending on your personal capacity to maintain the quality of your products or the quality of your customer service, you are going to drop the ball because you're a human being and the growth is going to stretch you. So you need to create a system. And then the fourth common area of your operations where um, growth can become a problem is in the your team and the capacity of your team. So like I mentioned earlier, when you start a business newly, it's okay for you to run it in a personal capacity. You can serve all your customers. You know your customers by name. It's easy for you to run the show. The moment the number of customers start to grow, you will need help. That help could be contractors, could be employees. Most times it's employees. And then you now have to break down everything that you do. In the beginning of a business, the entrepreneur is the accountant, is a production manager, is a quality control person, is the head of logistics. You know, you do everything. You're a master of all trades. But the moment the business starts to grow, you now have to break down everything you do into functions and allow people to specialize. So you hire somebody to hire to handle your customer service. You handle. You hire somebody to deal with suppliers. You hire somebody to look to look after your books to do the accounting. So you start to split all the roles that you do. You, you start to split all the things that you do into functions and then hire people to take over those functions. And as you can imagine, some people are not comfortable um, hiring people to do stuff. They think they can do everything by themselves. But if you want to grow, that is not possible. You cannot do everything yourself if you want to grow, except you, you can get technology and fully automate the business, then it's possible for you to grow as a one-man as a one-man show. But in many businesses, you will need to expand the size of your team and your capacity. And the moment you start to bring in human beings into your business, these are people who have different perspectives, different worldviews, different values and things like that. It now comes, you now have to become, you now have to move from the role of a, uh, of, of a one-man show into a coach. You are developing a team. You are showing them, this is how we do things here. This is how I want you to do this. This is why you should do this. You now become a coach rather than a player. So you move from a player when you're a small business into a coach of players. And you need to be able to make that, um, that progression. So these are the four areas of operations that will likely give you problem, uh, that will likely give you problems when your business is growing. The production side, your ability to you have your ability to match the growing demand that's coming into your business. The process side, your ability to coordinate things to make sure you don't drop the ball. Your quality side, the quality of your product and the quality of your customer service. These things will start to deteriorate in value when more customers start coming into your business. And you need to pay attention to it. Then the, the team that you have, the capacity of your team, you're going to need more people to help you with a growing business. And as more people come into your business, it becomes complicated in terms of, in terms of communication, in terms of the culture, you know, in terms of your vision and things like that. So these are four key areas you need to keep in mind. The second area of your business where you are likely going to face problems when the business is growing is finance. And the most common issue with finance is running out of money. When I say that growth can kill a company if it's done the wrong way, I mean it literally. And 
there are two common ways this happens. And one of them is a concept known as overtrading. So overtrading is that thing that happens when, so you start a business, business is slow, and then you're advertising, you're reaching out, you're, you're doing your marketing, word of mouth is spreading, and then the number of customers start to start to grow. You start to get a lot of demand, a lot of demand. And then on, on, your, on your back end side, you are preparing for that demand. You are buying more equipment, you are buying more stock, getting more products, getting more people on board. And then all of a sudden you find out something. You've run out of money. You've run out of money to keep running the business. Even though your customers are lining up, they are lining up and then the, the, the line goes across the block. You have a lot of demand but your business is struggling. You're struggling to pay salaries. You're struggling to meet demand that's coming in. That's essentially when you start to, you, you, you start to find yourself within the realm of overtrading. And in technical terms, for those of us who are accountants, um, your working capital is your current assets minus your current liabilities. And at the moment your current liabilities supersede your assets, then you're in negative territory. What it means is that you have a business there's demand, but you don't have any money to run the business. And I'll give you a couple of signs to know when overtrading is likely to set in. One common area is too much stock. So sometimes, because of the demand you're expecting, you tie up a lot of your money, a lot of your capital in stock that's sitting in the warehouse or somewhere. Now, the problem with that is once you've tied out money in stock and that stock is not moving out fast enough and converting into cash, you're going to get to a point where you have stock, but you don't have money. You don't have cash to pay salaries. You can't pay your employees in stock. So you have a thriving business, but there is no money in the business because you've tied down most of the money in your stock. Another way too is too much. Another way of, um, you can find yourself in overtrading territory is too much capacity. So you, you've ended up, you've, you've rented more space than you require. You've bought more equipment than you actually need. And you've hired much more people than you actually need. And I can understand where some of these things are coming from. Sometimes we do these things in anticipation of growth. So we're doing it because we're getting ready for growth that is coming. So we start to hire people. We start to buy more equipment. We end up going to buy a big space, a plush office, or a bigger warehouse than we need. All of all these things tie down capital. And at a point, you might find yourself in a, in, in a territory where you have that demand coming in. But because you've tied down so much of the capital, you're unable to serve your customers. One way some businesses get around this is to do just in time. So sometimes you might just have stock for the next couple of days or the next couple of weeks so that you remain flexible. And then what this means is that you need to have tight arrangements with your suppliers. Your production side has to be tight because you're, you're going to have a faster response time so that you don't tie down too much capital. So this now requires a lot of, we're still going back to the whole systematizing your business. You are playing an orchestra now. You are coordinating all your players. And if you go and tie down too much capital in one thing, it may end up hurting you later. Another way over trading can happen is where you give too much credit to customers. So if you give too much credit to customers, what it means is because you want the business to grow and you're giving favorable um, credit terms, you have a lot of customers who are owing you. Money is not coming into the business, but money is going out. Money is going out as stock. Money is going out to your suppliers. Money is going out to your employees. You know, Money is going out, but the money is not coming in as much because you are selling on credits. And maybe you are selling on extended credits. You're giving them 30 days. Maybe you're giving your customers 30 days to pay in 30 days. But your, your supplier is asking you to pay in 14 days. 
So that mismatch is going to cause a problem. You end up in a, in a cash crunch. Another, another reason why um, a business can end up in overtrading territory is unprofitable sales. So you're selling products, you're moving volume, you're pushing volume, but it's not profitable. So it's like you're making, you're moving, but you're not making progress. So you come, you see the business is active. Your production side is working, your distributors are moving, customers are taking goods, but you're not making any profits. Even though you're moving sales, you're selling volumes, but if we do the numbers, you are not making profit. And the problem is a lot of entrepreneurs don't know this. They confuse the movement for progress because they see they are selling, they are making sales. They automatically assume that that money in the till, the money in the bank, is the money that the business is making. Meanwhile, by the time they pay suppliers, they pay employees and pay, pay the landlord the rent, they find out that there's no money. So you don't confuse movement with progress. If the business is not making profits on the sale, it's only a matter of time before it crashes because that engine is not sustainable. That engine is giving out more than it's getting. And it's just a matter of time. You start to notice that something is going wrong. You're running out of cash. You don't have cash to replenish your stock to the original levels. And then when you do the numbers, you find out that you have been selling at a loss. And the funny thing is many businesses do not know this because your cost elements may be changing and you may not be factoring it in. Um, another way to overtrading can happen is when you take too much credit from, from suppliers. So what that means is that you're growing your liabilities. And then if that supplier de decides to cut you off from credit or decides to call in your loans, or you know, calling the money if you're, you're owing them, then you might run into, to, into trouble. So overtrading is one of those common traps that growing businesses run into. Because they are anticipating demand or because they're trying to meet demand, they end up tying down capital in different ways. It might be in credit to customers. It might be tying it down in stock. It might be renting a space that is more than you actually need. But because you're, you're renting the space in anticipation of future demand, you're actually tying down money and in the end, they might come back to bite you. So I mentioned initially that there are two ways a business can run out of money. The first one is overtrading. The second is the inability to raise additional funds. So naturally, as a business is growing, the needs of the business grow. You may need more equipment. You may need to get a bigger space. You may need to hire employees. You may need to um, stock up on raw materials and things like that. All these things will require funds. And many times, the inability to raise this additional money can cause a growing business to crash because, because of the additional demand you are getting and you are not able to meet them. It's just a matter of time before the business crashes if you cannot raise additional capital. So there are a couple of ways to get around this. The first is to be cash flow positive. So remember what I said about managing your, your working capital. So rather than go and rent that major office space, that, will be a, that could be a very big boost to your ego. It will make you feel good. You know, you can be much more frugal rather than buying that company car where you know using an Uber or a rental car will do. You know, all of all these ways are ways that you can conserve cash and manage the cash that you have so that you can go, you can manage the growth with the existing capital that you have while you're still waiting for external capital. That's if you want to raise money from the outside. So being cash flow positive requires that you pay attention to how you are managing your working capital. If not, if you tie down capital too much, it might end up costing you later. The second one, the second way to avoid the inability to raise funds is to plan in advance. You know, if you know your business, the moment you start making plans for growth, you need to start thinking about raising money 
from from external sources you might start to prime your bank your relationship manager at the bank you might start to reach out to potential investors but whatever you do make sure you plan in advance the worst thing you can do is to raise money in emergency mode the moment you're in emergency mode you're going to get any kind of trouble you can imagine you'll be at the mercy of the investor because they know that you don't have time you're running out of time the terms they give you might not be agreeable to you but you don't have any option you might have to take you might have to take those terms because you're running out of out of capital so these things can can lead to can lead to trouble the third thing you can do to avoid the inability to raise um, capital problem is to be investment ready and pitch ready at all times so sometimes entrepreneurs tell me i'm i'm focused on my company i'm growing my company but the the art of raising capital the art of raising funding requires preparation you need to be investment ready in terms of your documentation. You need to have your pitch ready because you don't know where you can run, in, where you may run into a potential investor. You may meet a potential investor at a conference. You may meet them at, at an airport lounge. You might meet them anywhere. And it's not everybody you meet you start giving um, uh, documentation to. You need to be pitch ready. This is what we do. This is how well we are growing. We think, you know, having you on board as an investor. So you need to learn how to have all these things ready. And these are things that members of our insiders already have. Inside our course area, there's a course on, on Pitch Perfect, how to prepare your pitch. There's the Elite Business Planner course where you can prepare your documentation and get everything set, your financials, your market analysis, your strategy, everything. Get all these documents ready on the go so that you don't have an investor who is willing to invest. And then you ask them to wait because you need to go and get ready. No, you need to be investment ready and do the two things at the same time. You're running your business, but you're also looking out for opportunities for potential funding to come into the business. This is really important because one of the reasons why some businesses crash because they run out of money is they, they raise capital too late. So, and capital can, so raising funding sometimes can be a drawn out process. You can be asking investors for money and then you expect them to write you a check immediately. It's, it goes to, they have to go through their own internal process, due diligence. There might be things that they need from you. And then while they're doing all these things, you're impatient because you're running out of time. So make sure you give yourself enough runway. So if you start raising capital when you have enough runway, you can choose between investment options and get the best deal that favors you. But when you have a short runway before you crash, you end up accepting any deal, any deal that shows up. So that's it for the second factor that can lead to problems when the business is growing. So just to recap, the first factor is the operation side of your business. Things can go wrong in the operation side when a business is growing because your operations is the backbone of your business. The second area where things can go wrong is in finance. You can easily run out of money when you're growing a business because the needs of the business have grown. The third area, which is very important, and I need you to pay attention to this because it concerns you essentially you, the entrepreneur, is your ability to run the ship. It's leadership. It's leadership. Leadership is the third most critical area where businesses run into trouble when they are trying to grow. And it explains, you know, you've, of course you've heard that everything rises and falls on, on leadership. And to help you understand how critical leadership is, I want to give you an analogy. When you're a startup, you're a scrappy startup, you're making all the decisions yourself. You're running the show yourself. You're the master of all trades. You're doing accounting. You're doing customer service. You're doing production. 
you're liaising with your bank, you're dealing with suppliers, you're doing everything. You're essentially like a pirate ship. A pirate ship gets things done, but they are disorganized. They rely on off-the-cuff decisions. There's very little planning involved. So you're running your business like a pirate ship. The moment a business starts to grow, for that growth to be sustainable in a way that it doesn't kill your business, you need to transform from you know, a pirate ship into an organized navy. You know, I think I heard this analogy from Reid Hoffman, who is the um, founder of, of LinkedIn. So that transition from pirate ship to organized navy, you need to be able to transit from a pirate ship to an organized navy. And if you've ever been, if you've ever seen um, members of the navy, um, shout out to navy guys out there. I went to a navy secondary school, so I'm in love with the military, especially the navy part. Of course, apart from how how um, how handsome and how beautiful they look in their uniforms, the first thing you understand about a navy is it is very organized. Like every military unit, uh, the navy is organized from the captain down to the lowest person on the deck. Everything has a process. Everything follows planning. Everything is organized and it's predictable. And you can change in and change out anybody. When sailors go on shifts and then new sailors come on board, they instantly take over. Nobody misses anybody. So that's what a system is. You need to start transition. You need to start transforming your business from a disorganized pirate ship into an organized navy. So the question you need to ask yourself as your business starts to grow is: Are you a pirate or a captain? So if you're a pirate, you're that entrepreneur who runs the business out of his head. You can make decisions, you know, on the run, off the cuff, at the edge of your seat. You know, there's no planning involved. You just have to run. You just like to run things out of your head. Or are you a captain? Are you the well thought out, considerate, you, you plan in advance, you, you're making decisions following like a blueprint or something like that. So that's a question you need to ask yourself because a pirate cannot run a Navy ship. It requires two different personalities. If you're a pirate and you end up on a Navy ship, you're going to be bored stiff. You're going to feel caged. You won't even thrive there. And if you're a captain, if you're a Navy captain and you end up on a pirate ship, you're going to kill yourself because you'll be like, this is madness. But the thing about a pirate ship is it looks chaotic and crazy, but they get things done. But at that level, they are okay. But if you're going to run a bigger ship, you need more organization. So as the leader of the business, you need to start asking yourself, are you a pirate or are you a captain? Because it's only a captain who can run a growing business. Because you can't run the business out of your head anymore. You need to have a, an organized crew. You need to have a team and you need to have systems in place for running it. So when a business starts to grow, that's when entrepreneurs start to notice their limitations you start to notice that there are critical leadership skills that you are missing, especially in the areas of dealing with people and making decisions. So one critical area is delegation. When you are the only person running your business, you are doing everything by yourself. But the moment the business starts to grow, to avoid overwhelming yourself, you need to delegate responsibility to other people. You need to break down what you do into functions. And delegation is very hard for some entrepreneurs because they are hands-on people. They've been doing this thing by themselves. They don't trust any other person to do it because they think other people will not do it well or they will cut corners or something. And if you carry on that way, you can't grow the business. You're going to crash the business because you can't do everything yourself. So delegation is a leadership skill and you have to learn it. It's not just learning the technical side. There's also a, a mental reorientation you have to go through in terms of being able to 
empower other people to do something that you do so that you can step back and be the captain of the ship. It's not the captain who rides the ship. The captain gives instructions. The captain makes decisions. The captain um, um, defines the vision and tells the crew where we're heading. So that's the role you need to start playing. The other one is decision making. If from the time the business starts to grow, there will be many moving parts in the business. You have more customer orders coming in. Your production side is ramping up. You're getting much more requests on customer service. Your quality needs to be looked at. Every single day you're making decisions. That's the role you take on a growing business. Unlike the days when you were a small business and you were distracting yourself by doing the actual work. When the business starts to grow and you start to farm out responsibilities, you notice that your major job is making decisions. You are the custodian of the vision of the company. You need to make strategic decisions that will move the company forward. And then a third, a third um, key leadership skill that um, some entrepreneurs take for granted is communication. If you're running your business alone and you've, everything is warehoused in your head, it's fine. You don't need to tell anybody anything. But the moment you start to grow a team, it can be an internal team of employees or you're now dealing with more suppliers and distribution and distributors. Communication becomes important. You need to learn how to communicate concisely and then, you know, um, send across the message in a way that people understand, in a tone that people would get. So these are skills, critical skills that you need to start to develop when your company transforms from a pirate ship into an organized navy. You have to make the transition as your business is transitioning in terms of growth, you too need to step up as the leader because if you don't step up, you will be a mismatch for that business. You would compromise and sabotage the business because you are not the right person to run that ship. So when a business starts to go through this kind of phase, there's a very hard question you need to ask yourself. Are you the best person to run this ship? Are you the best person to run this business? And from my observations and from my experience dealing with them, um, clients who are, who are going through this phase. There are three options you have when your business is transforming in terms of growth. The first option is to transform. You need to get training and get coaching so that you can step up your leadership ability, your leadership skills. That's one way you have to transform. You cannot remain the same person who was running a small business. You need to change. For the business to grow sustainably, you need to be the right person to run the show. So one option is to transform, to get training and get coaching. The second um, um, thing you need to consider is to step aside. You know, there are times when it comes that you are not the best person to run that business. You were good as a pirate captain as a, as a, when, the, when the business was still scrappy. But now that the business is growing and, you know, it requires a different level of competency, you may need to consider maybe I should step out for, maybe I should step away from the CEO role and maybe just become an executive director or the chairman of the board and then hire somebody who is much more capable who has experience in running a bigger company to take charge so for many entrepreneurs they, they know that they, they are not the right fit and maybe they're not ready to get the training or the coaching or maybe there's no time for training and coaching but it's an it's a, it's a much more emotional decision. A lot of people feel uncomfortable handing over a business they built from scratch as a baby. They're handing over their baby to, to a stranger or somebody new or somebody else. So most times it's an, emotional, it's an emotional response, not a logical response. The logical response is to allow the best person to run the ship. 
But the emotional response is, it's my business, I'm going to run it the way I want. And then in the end, you end up compromising your own business. You end up being the weakest link in your business. So you need to consider if stepping aside is an option, if you cannot transform. The third option you have is to get very good lieutenants. Or if you're using the British English, lieutenants. So it's, that's an option, get very, very, get very good lieutenants. So you might need work, you might need to make improvements but you can surround yourself with experienced and very knowledgeable and skilled people who have done this before. One example that comes to mind is Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg. Mark Zuckerberg is a very young man. He started Facebook out of university, you know, out of his dorm room. He's never run a business of this scale before. Facebook has over 2 billion users. Facebook is a massive company. Facebook is bigger than some countries. So that's what Mark Zuckerberg at uh, 36 years old is running. He's running a major force in the corporate world. Now, making that transition from a small company that nobody knew into a major company like this requires transformation. So Mark has been getting training and coaching. He's been developing himself, but the business is growing faster than the rate at which he's growing. So what he's done is he surrounded himself with solid people. So that informed the hiring of um, Sheryl Sandberg, who is the COO, the chief operating officer of Facebook. So essentially the COO, the chief operating officer is responsible for running the company on a day-to-day -day basis. And what the, CEO, what the COO role does is it shields the CEO from making all those daily decisions and interventions. It allows the CEO to think of more strategic things to think of the big picture, big shots, things that can move the company forward. So what Sherry Sandberg does is she's a COO, she's a COO in Facebook. She's running the company on a day-to-day -day basis, allowing Mark the time to develop, you know, as a CEO and then make all those strategic decisions, especially as it concerns the product itself, Facebook, and then defining the next step for Facebook. So Sherry Sandberg was at Google for, for several years. She helped to build up the Google marketing platform the Google advertising platform. Sheryl Sandberg is a battle-tested and very experienced entrepreneur. So bringing her to Facebook was a big deal because the CEO himself is still transforming. So to protect him, to shield him from, um, to shield him from running the company aground or making wrong decisions, he's been surrounded by very bright, experienced and talented people. So those are the three options you have. You can transform yourself, get training and coaching because I can guarantee you the, the, the person who ran that small company is not the same person that can run the big company. You need to change. If you don't change, you're going to crush the business. Or you need to step aside and hire somebody who is more capable, who has done this before, has experience, and you can step up to the chairman level or, or play a more passive role or play an advisory role in the company. It's still your company. You just need to set aside that emotional um that emotional response of, it's my company, I must run it, I can't let anybody else have it. Or you can hire very good lieutenants, surround yourself with very capable people who will improve the quality of decisions you make and help you take the, the company forward. So this has been a very exciting lesson. And to recap, I mentioned that growth can kill a business if you do it wrong. Growth is a very beautiful thing. All of us want it. We want more customers, we want more sales, we want more profits. But if you do not do, if you do not grow sustainably, it's going to crash the business. The second thing is don't just focus, sorry, excuse me, don't just focus on the front end. The back end is the main source of problems. 
the front end you can live with getting more customers making more sales doing more advertising branding all those things that people see on the outside it's fine where your problem will come in is in the back end that is the side that nobody else sees except from you your operations your finance area how you're managing money and your leadership your ability to lead the company into the new phase that is going to be in and then i mentioned that of course there are three um, common areas of problems i've mentioned it before pay attention to your operations that is the backbone of your business when the problem starts it's likely going to start from your operations and then finance you need to be careful in your working capital management how you manage money don't tie down too much money because you're anticipating growth you need to be much more flexible and nimble with your cash because if you plan on raising money if you plan to raise money in one month, it might end up taking you three months or one year. This, these uh, conversations with investors can get very protracted. So you need to make sure you manage the resources you already have. And then the third thing I mentioned was leadership. You are not the same person. You, you cannot be the same person who will lead the company in the future. You have to change. And if you are not able to change, if you're not able to get the coaching and the training you need to make that change, you may need to consider stepping aside or hiring uh, by, you may need to consider stepping aside and hiring somebody who is much more capable or you may need to hire strong lieutenants who will help to improve the quality of your decision making and enhance your abilities to lead the, the company. So at this point in this episode, there are four things I need you to do. As usual, the very first thing is to consider joining our Insiders program. Our Insiders program is a group of entrepreneurs who are working on building businesses within and outside the African continent. We have members from across Africa and then from outside the, the, the continent, Africans in diaspora and other parts of the world. And these are the kinds of things, these are the on the ground boots, on the ground issues you need to deal with in building a business. These are the parts that you need to understand how these things are connected. And this is exactly what we, this is exactly the benefit you get from belonging to a group of entrepreneurs who are at different levels of growing their businesses. You can lean on other people's experiences. You can leverage the expertise and knowledge of other people. You may end up finding somebody in there who is building a business that is just like yours or similar to yours. And there's a lot from benefiting when you're working together as a group. Entrepreneurship is a very lonely journey. People are building their businesses in silos and they are learning from their own mistakes. You don't have to learn from your own mistakes, especially when you have access to a knowledgeable person, somebody who has worked with people who have done it before and somebody who has done it before. You can save yourself a lot of stress, a lot of time, a lot of lost resources. And um, joining the Insiders program is very easy. Head over to smallstarter.com slash insiders. Again, it's smallstarter.com slash insiders. And then I look forward to having you in there as our, as our newest member. The second thing I need you to do is to tell your friends about this podcast. There are people who are running promising businesses that may end up crashing those businesses because of the ignorance of what is required to run a growing business. So for most people out there, if you look online, Listen to most gurus. What you hear is you need to do more marketing. You need to do more sales. You need to be out there. You need to be pushing your product. That's fine. Pushing your product is fine. But where the problem would be is, do you have the backbone to support that growth? 
Are you changing as a leader of that business? How are you managing your finances to make sure you can survive the growth phase and become a stable business? These are the things most people are not talking about. And this podcast is free of charge. So you can let your friends know about this, whether they're about to start a business or have already started a business or have even made these mistakes before. They can learn a lot from this. And you're getting this podcast for free. So there's a moral obligation for you to share this good news with other people. Share it on social media. Let your friends know about the Small Starter Business Podcast. They can search for it on wherever it is that they get their podcasts, on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is. The third thing I need you to do is to subscribe and leave a five-star review on this uh, podcast. Giving us a five-star review, if you enjoy our podcast, of course, helps other people to find us. Um, a higher rating makes it easier for other people to find us in the podcast directory. So if you love the content, if if what I've been, if the knowledge and the tips I've been sharing has been useful to you, please leave us a five-star um, a five-star review on wherever it is you get your podcast. And then the fourth and final thing is you have the chance to ask questions that can be featured on the Small Starter Business Podcast. So you leave me a voice note and then... I can answer your question directly on this podcast. The way to do it is head over to smallstarter.com forward slash message, and then you can record your question. And if it's exciting, interesting, and the topic I need, I, I think can serve more people, I can feature you on, on, the, on the podcast. So until the next episode, remember growth is a beautiful thing. Growth is an amazing thing for entrepreneurs, but growth can break and kill a business if it's not done sustainably. And I'm hoping you're going to apply a lot of these nuggets I've shared in this episode to save yourself from the traps of growth. See you or talk to you in the next episode. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. To take our free business courses or join one of our signature programs for special entrepreneurs like you, head over to smallstarter.com to join our private community. See you inside.